Have you ever wanted to discover what's missing in your life? Metaphysics is available to all and is part of your life even if you don't know it. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. Together we'll explore the mysteries behind metaphysics and how to use it to have a deeper understanding and advantage in life. And now here's your host, Barb Crowley. Hi, this is Barb Crowley, and welcome to Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. Today we're talking to Carmen Turner Schott, and Carmen's been on with me before, and we have talked in the past about her book, Sun Signs, and the 8th and the 12th uh, houses of, in astrology. Carmen is a practicing licensed clinical social worker, astrologer, writer, and teacher with a national and international clientele. She's been working with victims of trauma for over 25 years as an astrology uh, counselor. Carmen's focus is, as I mentioned before, the 8th and 12th astrological houses. And she has personally experienced the energies and lessons of these two very spiritually transforming houses. Uh, she has a new book coming out. This is her fourth book, Phoenixes and Angels, and we're going to talk about that book today. Thanks for being on the show with me again, Carmen. I'm loving having you back. <laughs> Thanks for having me. And even though I know your background, I'm going to ask you to run through your background again and why and how you got into astrology. Sure. Well, you know, it all started when you know I was in high school. I, I always have these unexplained experiences and dreams and very sensitive to energy, very intuitive. And I just never knew why I was so different and felt so different than everyone in my family and everyone around me. And I just always knew there was something different. And I always felt like I wasn't from earth. You know, I always felt like I, I'm not from here. You know, am I adopted? You know, why am I here? This isn't where I'm why from. Why is it and, foreign? Yeah, why is yeah, it foreign? <laughs> I, it's weird. I, I just I always knew that I wasn't from here. And I think I always wondered, you know, what's the purpose of life and, and all these things, which no one had taught me. And so I was always interested in angels and all these things like that, right? And then in high school, one night, uh, my senior year, I played basketball. I came home from a game and you know I always had to have my bed facing the door with the door open and a nightlight on because I was afraid of the dark <laughs> I, mean, I was very sensitive and uh, you know nothing was I had a little bitty house my parents room was right across the hall and my brother's room and it was just a real small house and uh had a great night you know went to bed like normal and I woke up in the middle of the night and there was a glowing ball of light in my doorway and it was bigger than a softball and it was translucent, yellow, white, watery looking, floating in my doorway. And I tried to, I tried to open my eyes, close my eyes. I'm like, I have to be, I wait. I was awake. And I, and then I got scared because it was the mm -hmm. unknown. And, yeah. and I was, you know, 16 years old. And so I tried to yell for my mother and, mm -hmm. and I had no voice. I tried to move. I couldn't move. I was, I was frozen, like paralyzed. I couldn't speak. The only thing I had control of was my mind. And at that time, I didn't know what an orb was. You know, I didn't know. I just knew there, there's something in what my What is doorway. an orb? What is yeah. an orb? Now, now I know you want to explain what it is? Yeah. A lot of people see orbs, which uh, people believe are uh, spirit guides, angels, um, 
and a lot of people see orbs and like on sacred land, special, you know, places. I've seen pictures where there's all these white, yellow orbs in the picture, right? And they say that that's energy. Those are spirits. Those are, you know, uh, maybe loved ones from the other side. You know, there's a lot of different beliefs about orbs. And I thought, I, I don't know why I was afraid. I kind of wish now I would have not been so afraid, but it didn't really matter because I couldn't move or talk or do anything anyway for a while. Was that the orb shutting you down or was that the terror? And how could you yeah. not be afraid? <laughs> I know, right? Um, I, I think, I really think that it, it was the orb, um, mm -hmm. that had, had, had done that because I had control of my mind. That's the yeah. only thing I had control of. And I could think I could, I was praying, please don't have it come in my room. Please don't have it come in. <laughs> and, and, and I just was thinking that and, and it never did. It never did. Mm -hmm. It just would stay right in my door sill and then it would go down come right back into my door sill. It went into the bathroom, came back out and it kind of floated there. And it must've been a couple hours. I laid there until eventually oh I tried to scream for my mother and I yell, mom, finally, it's like I, it released me. I had a voice and it was in my doorway. And I said, look in my doorway. Do you see it? She said, yes. I said, what is it? She said, I don't know. <laughs> and then, <laughs> And then my mother being a skeptic and just like, you know, here Carmen goes again with waking me up, you know, because I used to wake him up in the night. I'd sleepwalk. I'd act out my dreams. I'd be afraid. She said, just go back to sleep. Maybe someone's shining a flashlight in. I'm like, it has form. It's not a flashlight. She goes, maybe it's a lightning bug. I go, it's huge. It's <laughs> and uh, she's like, and she, she couldn't shut you up. Huh? <laughs> she, she and you know what? She did not get up either. And I laid wow. there terrified watching it till I passed out. I, I I don't even, I ended up passing out from exhaustion. The next morning I went into the kitchen and I look at her. She said, that was no lightning bug. She said, I don't know what that was. <laughs> and she was a little bit scared. And I said, yeah. I, I said, I want to find out. So I started getting books about orbs and angels and all these things. And that is the, that's the same year that I got my first astrology book. And I read about my sign Virgo. And, and then I started learning how to do charts, you know, by hand. Back in those days, you know, we didn't have computers. And I drew my chart out and I figured out where all my planets were in my houses. And, and I realized, oh, wow, I got planets in the 12th and the 8th house. I started looking up in books what that means. And I'm like, oh, this is why I dream things. This is why I'm intuitive. So I became obsessed with the astrology and it became my passion. And I started doing consults at age 19 in the St. Louis area and through graduate school, through college. And I just practiced on people for fun. And, and I was a social work major, so I was going to be a counselor. And I would use it as a tool. And it was really research just to see if it was accurate. And it was so accurate. And people would cry. People would say, Carmen, how did you know this? I'm like, it's your, it's your birth chart. It's because the birth chart is the map of our soul. And to get a birth That's chart. That's what I the, saw yeah. you had said that, a map of your soul. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the what a great way to put it. Yeah, it, it's energy. It's energy. And it's your imprint, your soul's energy. When your soul chose to come into the earth realm, the way I explain it, it real easy for the listeners out there is if you're on earth looking up at the sky on the month, date, year, time and place of your birth, all of the planets in our solar system are in a certain area of the sky. 
And they're in a certain star constellation, which we call the 12 signs, the 12 astrological signs. We take a, a picture of the sky at the daytime place moment of your birth, because everyone has a, a special blueprint, and we put it on a piece of paper. And, and we make it into a wheel. And astrologers, it's like we cut the sky into 12 sections like a pie. And we label them 1 through 12. And then the planets have symbols. The signs have symbols. You know, everything with astrology is symbols. And mm -hmm. once you know the symbols, you'll, you'll be able to know the, okay, that's Aries. That's Cancer. That's Pisces. And we'll, and then all the planets are in a certain house. They're in a certain sign. Then there's these, these aspects is what we call it. These lines going on in the middle of the wheel. Those are what's called aspects, which is the way easiest, basic way to understand it is that's energies. That the the, the planets are uh, affecting each other. How they're affecting each other. You know, we for in you, right? For you, yes. this is, for your, yeah, your for the chart. person you're you've yeah. got the chart for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can you can go to I always try to teach it on a basic level. You can go to astro.com and get a free birth wheel. You just need your your month, day, and year of birth, and the exact time of birth is very important to have a very accurate birth chart. Because the time can change the placement of the planets in those 12 houses, which are the areas of life. So we need to know what time you're born to have a very accurate uh, interpretation of your of your soul mission, of your life, and, and where these energies are going to play out. And then your city, state, country. And because um, there's all kinds of computer programs now that, that you can put it in and calculate it. And, you know, the sun sign is just your one small part of yourself you know everyone knows their sun sign and then the moon sign is your emotional nature that's even more important than the sun sign because that's how you find emotional fulfillment how you find love how you how you find comfort and stability and how you express your emotions and then uh the houses where all the planets are those all have meanings and interpretations and it's so important to know uh the whole chart but uh, you can get a free chart on astro.com i will and mm -hmm. then um, you can know if you have planets in the eighth or twelfth houses, which is what my new book Phoenixes and Angels is about. And it's called Phoenixes and Angels Mastering the Eighth and Twelfth Astrological Houses. And and those two houses, um, you know, there's a there's twelve houses in astrology. They all have a meaning. They're all important. But I've done a lot of research on these two, and they're the houses that are ruled by Pisces and Scorpio. The twelfth house is ruled by Pisces. The eighth houses were by Scorpio, and they are the two most spiritual houses in astrology. And that's because they're mystical. They're they're elusive. They're secretive. They're mysterious. And when I started studying astrology, you know, after I saw that glowing ball of light, there were very few books out, out on the 90s to even explain these houses. And those two houses were scary. You know, when you would read in these normal astrology books, it it was real vague and like, you could be psychic. You could uh, lose a loved one at a young age. Very, very kind of. That's scary. <laughs> it was it was scary. And I'm like, oh, you know, but all of it was true for me, you know, because one thing that I kind of connect to that orb and I, I did not start connecting it until I started doing these interviews because, you know, mm -hmm. I, I never really thought about it. So I started telling my stories and that same year before I saw that orb. I had my, my high school friend had died from an accidental gun shooting and I lost the first person I had ever known that died. I had never been to a funeral before. 
And it all happened the summer before my senior year in high school. I never connected that maybe that orb was her. That that's that was oh. her in my doorway. Yeah. And Do you I, think I, it was now looking back? I don't or you know. just don't know. I yeah. just don't know because I didn't feel comfortable. Like I feel like if it was her, I and I knew it was her, I wouldn't have been afraid. Yeah. Uh and so I, I don't know who or what it was, but I will tell you this. Um, I've seen, I've saw orbs after that as well, two mm-hmm. other times in my life. And, and I haven't even shared those stories on these podcasts, but, um, but I have seen Tell other me. orbs. <laughs> well, Here's your one, opportunity. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, this is, this is kind of why I, I got obsessed with the 12th uh, and 8th house because there's so much about unexplained spiritual experiences unexplained uh, mystical experiences, you know, uh, cosmic consciousness, astral projection, you know, all of these, these really deep experiences, the people with 12th and 8th house planets have shared with me for 30 years, people from all over the world, that they've had these same experiences, seeing orbs, seeing UFOs, leaving their body, waking up in a dream and knowing they're awake when they're dreaming, you know, lucid dreaming, Mm -hmm. you know, all these things that I've always done, that I thought, oh, I'm just weird and strange. And, and I realized, no, this is astrology. This is yeah. the 12th and 8th house. And and so... Um, Are other- you only in the 12th? And, and and you know I'm a newbie with astrology, so I oh, apologize. Yeah. Oh, no worries. No. Oh, no. Um, Are you only in the 8th and 12th house? Your planets or your... No, your no. Energies? No. No. So the way it works is... um. How do I explain this? So all the houses are important and mm-hmm. not everyone, not everyone is going to have planets in the eighth or 12th house. You know, not everyone's going to have planets in this, in the fourth house or seventh house. It, it has to do with your unique time, place, date of birth that your soul chose to come in. So if you don't have planets in a house, it doesn't mean it's a, it's not a bad thing. Let me say that it, we still interpret that house. What sign is on the cusp of that house? So, you know, when you're born, uh, we call the rising sign. We'll say, oh, yeah, your sun is in Aries, your moon is in Cancer, and your rising sign is Sagittarius. Okay, we'll make, let's make that up. The rising sign starts the first house of your unique birth chart. So that's where we get, okay, what's your ascendant or your rising sign? That's the sign coming up on the horizon when you're born based on, you know, your the information you put into the computer, your birth date, time, place. And there's a rising sign impact you or what does that mean to you? Yeah. The rising sign is our mask. It's, it's how people perceive us. It's how, Mm -hmm. when we first walk into the room, people judge you based on your rising sign because it's your physical appearance. It's your outward energy. It's kind of, it fools people because if your sun sign is different than your rising sign, what you see is not what you get. So people will say, oh, I really thought you were like this. But now that I got to know you, you're really different. That's because your rising sign is different than your sun sign. Uh, for me, I have Virgo rising and my son is in Virgo in the 12th house. So I am. it's kind of like what you see is what you get with me. But a lot of people may misjudge you if your rising sign's different. Like I know someone that has Capricorn rising and then they're a Pisces sun. People think when they first meet them that they're very um, responsible, serious, uh, cold, uh, standoffish, you know, kind of private. 
And then, and then when they get to know them, they're like, oh, you're so sensitive and, and kind. And, you know, so people misjudge the energy because it's all energy. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And so we all have a, a, each sign is going to fall on, on one of the houses in your birth chart, you know, cause there's 12 houses, there's 12 signs. Cause you know, it's a picture of that sky and we put a piece of paper, but not all the planets are going to be in each house. They're going to be spread out. And that's where we get your unique personality. Because let me give an example, like with twins, I've done twins charts where the twins have a completely different moon sign, which is their emotional nature and a different house that the moon and sun are in because maybe that be because of the time they may be born four hours apart. See, I've seen this. Okay. And I thought um, they were born. Twins were born like five minutes apart or two minutes apart. Well, often they are, but, but I've done it where they've been a couple hours apart and even, even 30 minutes apart. I've seen twins where the moon sign changes within those 30 minutes. And that's because certain planets move very quickly through the sky. The moon is one of them. So the moon, okay, we know the sun stays in each sign for a month, right? Because we know everybody born between certain dates is going to be a Leo. You know, that's a whole, about a month, about a month. But with the moon, the moon changes signs every two to three days. Wow. So if you, if the twins are born right on that time, where the moon is getting ready to move into the new sign, they can have a completely different emotional nature. Even though the almost all the chart is very identical, the moon mm-hmm. the, the moon can be in a different house, which is the area of life where that energy is going to be expressed. So they're going to be different. So that's why people are, even twins can have a, a slightly different chart. And now, it's really the cool. moon coming in is different than the moon leaving or the moon being fully in. Those are no. all different or is it yeah. the moon is in that house, period? The moon is in that house, but sometimes it's on what we call a cusp. So, mm-hmm. for instance, like if you're like the sun, if you're born uh, like my mother-in-law, she just had a birthday, I think, September 20. She's on the cusp of Virgo and Libra. If she was born, you know, one day, one day, you know, or even the time, the sun may have been in Libra. But we call that a cusper because they have the energy of both those signs because they're born on that cutoff date. Same right. with the moon. The moon might be right on the cusp of the 12th and first house. And people mm-hmm. ask me, well, Carmen, what house is my moon in? It's showing it. It all has to do with, with having an accurate time of birth, place of birth for us to get the calculation down to really know. And, and it will, if it's, it will be able to say, okay, it was moving into the first house. You're a first house moon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how we look at it. Uh, it's where that energy is moving towards. Um, you may feel more of that, of that signs personality traits, right? That, that sun sign or moon sign. So um, back to the twins then. So yeah. they, they had a moon difference. Yeah. Their emotional nature. And, and they were very different, you know, they looked identical, you know, when I met them Mm -hmm. and they're like, well, we're so different, like, at all, you know, we want to see. And so when I pulled it up, uh, I looked at both of them, like, oh, well, no wonder. Uh, And one of them even had a different uh, rising sign because, you know, depending on the time, things can shift. It's going to be real close. Um, And that's what happened with them. And and they were like, oh, that makes sense. He's the serious one. 
you know, I'm yeah. the fun loving one or, you know, whatever. And, 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 mm-hmm. and they said, this really fit. And, and I tell people, you know, um, having planets in, in a house is the house matters more than the sign. In my opinion, as an astrologer, I believe the house changes the energy of, 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 of those planets and that house takes over. I call it the house effect. This is just something that I that I term. And so when you have a lot of planets in the eighth house, it's going to make you like a Scorpio energy. When you have a lot of planets in the 12th house and they may all be in Capricorn. Okay. It's going to make you more of a Pisces feel. Because that house is gonna is is more powerful, and it's gonna take over the energy of your personality. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. and and so um, if you don't, if you have planets in the twelfth and eighth house, I've done a lot of research, and there's certain patterns and experiences in life and spiritual gifts that you are gonna have. And and I find people contact me all over the world when they hear these podcasts. They're like Carmen, I heard your podcast. Can you look at my chart? Because I think I'm, I think I'm an angel. I think I'm a phoenix, right? You know, they right. know that, and and I'm like, you are. And I'll pull their chart up. You've got twelfth house sun. You got the mm-hmm. moon in the eighth house. You are, you know, you are a phoenix, and um, it's pretty cool. What it's does that nice. mean, though, a phoenix or an angel? Yes. Yeah, so phoenix energy is eighth house energy. So phoenix energy to me, the eighth house is the house of death, rebirth, transformation. You know, all of these powerful things, healing, uh, trauma, uh, karma, secrets, other people's resources, inheritances, debts, right? All this stuff. And so it's the house of intense emotional, psychological things. And so people that have planets there, they go through these emotional death and rebirth experiences throughout their life. And this is what they, I've researched. That's tough. That's a tough life. It is. And and that's why, you know, I call them phoenixes because they keep rising. <laughs> they rise. Yeah, they rise from the ashes. Right. And mm-hmm. and they and they come back up stronger than they were before, you know, yeah. and and they just and they have to completely let the past die and be reborn. Sometimes they tell me they wake up one day and they feel completely different, like they don't know what happened. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it's a loss of a loved one or a change. Uh, life change that that triggers them um but they go through these constant death and rebirth changes in their life and and so i've always called them phoenixes because they they are they're resilient and they're mm-hmm. strong people because they go through a lot of crisis they're good in crisis they're good at helping other people they can stay calm in a crisis because they are naturally good with intense things intense emotions and it's Plus, because, if it happens their whole life, they're used to it. Yeah. And, I and hate to say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're and they're ruled by Scorpio. And so Scorpio energy is all about um, intensity and depth and healing and, and psychological transformation and growth, you know, all this stuff. So that's why people with eighth house planets, they, they have these uh, the interest in psychology, interest in astrology, healing, Reiki, uh, psychic phenomena helping other people in a deep way, solving crimes, research, you know, a lot of EMTs, police officers, FBI agents, they have 12th house, they have 8th house planets, 8th house planets. And and then the 12th house is the house of angels. And I call them angels because they are, um, 
they feel like they're from another world. They always feel like they are um, alien. Like That's I'm not. You were saying that you you felt foreign being yeah, they, here. Yeah. yeah, they just they don't feel like they're from Earth. They tell me from a young age. They say, "Am I adopted? Like, why am I so different than my family? Nobody's like me. They don't dream things. They don't see and experience these energies." And 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 I started researching, and I would take fifty charts and randomly select people to to share with me their experiences. And I would ask them like different questions. And out of 50 charts, 49 out of 50 verified all of these patterns, feeling like an alien, feeling like they're not from Earth, knowing they're a soul, knowing they're not from Earth, and, and knowing that they are here for a spiritual mission. And dreams, many of them have dreams that happen. You know, they, they foresee the future. You know, they, they dream about the future. They know what's coming. And, and they just are have these spiritual gifts, these spiritual abilities that they use to help other people. And it just becomes like a very powerful, um, he, you know, healer, like an angel. And, and mm -hmm. I tell him, it, it reminds me of, of the movie with Nicolas Cage, um, called city of angels. You remember that movie? No, and no. He, it's a like, uh, it's an old movie with Meg Ryan. He was an angel, you know, they wore these black trench coats. You know, oh, I do movie. remember it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and he and he he fell in love and he thought he wanted to be human. So mm -hmm. he he gave up his angel wings, right? And fell to earth. And then yeah. when he got here, everything went to hell. You know, he 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 got sick, he was injured, he had pain. He then mm -hmm. she died. He she got hit by a car on a bike and he lost her. So then he was human. And so it was just mm -hmm. like that's how 12th house people feel, like they fell. I call them fallen angels which is not right. a bad thing. You know, a lot of, it's not biblical or anything. It means they uh -huh. kind of, they kind of chose to fall to this lower earth realm and mm -hmm. they chose to be here to serve and help other people, but they know they don't belong here. And they, mm -hmm. they feel they're so sensitive and they feel so alone and, and just vulnerable. So that's why 12th house people have to learn to have strong boundaries. I always right. say that they have to have these strong uh, boundaries to protect themselves because they're empaths. They're empathic. They feel everybody's pain. And that's mm -hmm. what angels do. You know, angels take people's pain. They feel people's pain and, and all these things. So it's that same kind of energy. Um, and that's why, you know, I call them angels because they, can, they're here. Can an angel learn not to be empathic or learn to be more grounded? Oh, yes. That that actually helps them because they're always going to be you. be born with, with spiritual uh, sensitivity. They're, they're gonna, they're never going to get rid of that because it's the house of cosmic consciousness, oneness with others, oneness with God. It's really 12th house people have to find a spiritual path. So they have, they're here for a reason. And, and, and that reason is to connect to a higher power. And they're, and the other reason they chose to come back into the earth realm is to help other people. It's the house of service. It's the house of spiritual service. And so helping people that are in pain, you know, they attract people with problems. They all tell me, and I'm like, this is because you're a 12th houser. You know, it's like, and eighth housers too. Uh, they're like, why do, why do people come up with, to me and start telling me all their problems? I'm like, because it's your, you're a 12th and eighth houser. That's why, because they feel your energy, your energy mm -hmm. shows them that, that you're there to help and that you understand. You don't have to say anything. They can sense your energy. So it, it's all energy. And, and so um, if you have planets in the eighth and 12th house, or 
it, it, you know, people ask me, what makes me an angel or a phoenix? This is what I get asked a lot. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, if you uh, have planets in the eighth house of your birth chart, if you have a lot of Scorpio energy, if your sun, your moon, or your rising sign is in Scorpio, I call you a phoenix. You're an eighth houser. If mm-hmm. you have planets in the 12th house, sun, moon, or three or more planets in the 12th, or Pisces sun, Pisces moon, Pisces rising, you're going to be an angel. You're going to have angel energy, 12th house energy. So I'll call you a 12th houser. And people ask me, well, what makes a stellium? Every astrologer has a different view of this. I, I believe if there's three or more planets in one in the 8th or 12th, that, that that makes you, that's a stellium. Three or more planets. That's a what? What did a you ste- call that? A stellium. What does that mean? It's like a stellium means that there's multiple planets in one house, in one area okay. of, of the birth chart. It's like okay. a lot a lot of stuff going on. You know, it's an easy way to say it. A lot of energies. Um, because, you know, having, you were talking, I was wondering, are there planets in other houses or is it all just the eighth or the twelfth? Oh, no, they're what we're out. talking about. But I mean, somebody yeah. in the eighth house, will they have planets in other houses and can they contradict Yes, the, yes, that, you know, the like the eighth or the twelfth, can they contradict? Can you have a twelfth house person that's also an atheist? Is that possible? I'll tell you what, I have not met one. <laughs> I've, I've, I've done yeah. I've done thousands of charts and I've mm-hmm. never if their sun or moon is in the twelfth house. I'll say that, especially sun or moon. They they have a, they're born with a natural faith and belief in a higher power. They know that they're a soul. They know they're not from here. They, they're born with that because their soul, they say the 12th house is kind of the last house in, in, in astrology. It's the ending house. So a lot of people that it's like their soul has been here many times, like they're old souls. And so they kind of know, um, but no, I've eighth house. Uh, I've met some eighth housers that were atheists. Um, but because of their experiences they had, they got drawn to astrology and magic and energy and all these things that are metaphysical new age. And they believe in a higher power. They may not be religious, so to speak, right. but they, right. they do have a belief in some type of a spiritual practice. And mm-hmm. I, I met very few because, and most of them, if they were atheists, they told me they changed because they had a near death experience. Or something very traumatic. I, I met an atheist that mm-hmm. entered heaven as an atheist and it did a show on it. Wow, she wow. did not come back as an atheist. <laughs> yeah. But it, it was a fascinating show. It was actually one of the best podcasts. That's you know? awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let me ask you, you said that um, the 12th house is like the ending house. Is that you don't come back after that or yeah that there's a lot you of you can choose not to maybe well well there's a lot of theories about it and a lot of you know there's so much out there with astrology you know you could spend your lifetime studying this stuff but uh, a lot of people believe that the 12th house is like uh the last incarnation like you're here to really master your soul mission and, and where you wouldn't have to come back um because right. you know the whole goal is to and i believe we choose to come back though and that's what mm-hmm. I tell 12th housers and they're like, why would I want to come back? I said, because when you're in spirit form, when we're in soul form, we don't think with the conscious mind. You know, we're right. we're thinking about, wait a minute, we didn't forgive someone or we need to redo something that we did in the past and make up for it. You know, we it's like 
it's hard for me to logically believe that I chose to come back because I used to always say I don't want to come back. I want to get everybody right. said, seems to say that I'm not yeah. coming back. And I don't, like, I, oh. I don't want to come back. I want to get it right. You know, what do I have to do mm -hmm. to be you know, perfect? There is no perfect. I, we all everything that's going on is our birth chart. Our birth chart is the map of our soul. It shows what we're meant to learn, what we're meant to master, what we're meant to experience. And the transits have a play in that. You know, the birth chart never changes. But depending on your birth chart, you're going to have certain transits affecting all okay, areas so of your tell life. Tell me, tell me about transits now. Okay. Again, I little... told you at the beginning, I'm an yeah, yeah. astrology newbie. <laughs> no way, no worries. This gets a little complex for people, but the the easiest way to explain it is this. So, I told you, you know, when you're born, month, day, year, exact time, AM or PM, place, country, city, state of birth. We take a picture of the sky. We put on a piece of paper. That never changes. That's what we call your birth chart, your natal chart. Okay. That is your personality. That is your karma. That is everything about you uh, in the soul level. Then what happens is we have what's called transits. That is what's going on in the sky right now. So right now, if I put at your... birth, you mean in the no, current moment, okay. right? Every, every yeah. moment we can calculate a chart in every moment. And, and we call that a transit chart. Where's the moon right now? Well, I know today the moon is in Sagittarius until about four o'clock this afternoon and it's going into uh, Capricorn. Mm -hmm. So, so I have a whole a thing I'm ready to post on social media, right? So, you know, so you can track this. It's science. It's a science. You can know where, what sign the moon is in, what planet is in, what sign, if it's retrograde, all this stuff. Right now, we have a bunch of retrograde planets. And what that means is in the sky, I mean, this is astronomy 101. In the sky, these planets appear to be spinning backwards. Mm -hmm. And that's why we call it retrograde. And as an astrologer, you know, I believe in energy. We believe that a retrograde planet, it means that that energy is blocked right now. So it's a little bit challenging for people that are on Earth because we're impacted by the sky, by the planets, by the moon, by gravity, all this stuff. It's a science. And so people can say, I don't believe in astrology, but even you can, even if you say you don't believe in astrology, you really are lit. You, you do because you're living it every day. It, it is, it is a part of nature. It's a part of our, our, our body. I mean, the moon affects the tides of the ocean. It's affecting us, our emotions. So it doesn't matter if we believe in it no. or not, we are still subjected to it. You're, you are influenced by the, the cycles of the moon everyone on earth is even animals are i mean this mm -hmm. even plants they have research about this and so and and so that's where you know the the new moon the full moon all that comes into play and there's all these theories you know of harnessing the power of the new moon is a time to manifest your goals and and think about what you want and it, that's why you know that's what a new moon's for you know manifestation and then a full moon is a time of reflection it's where you're going to feel a little bit more irritable emotional uh, anxiety, depressed, you might not sleep, you know, because it, it mm. heightens everything. It heightens our emotions. And and there's research like I, I thought I read, uh, what was it? 90% of ER per, uh, emergency room personnel and doctors report that more people uh, report to the ER and emotionally distraught during a full moon. Like there's research. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and please. I can see it in people full moon. Oh, and yeah. then you'll say to people, it's a full moon. This is why you're crazy today. 
I know, and right? And why you haven't slept, you know? <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. And, and I read an article that, uh, pl- that uh, cr- uh, police officers, the busiest time of month, every month they get calls is, is on the full moon. That's when they're getting all the calls and it's, it's research. So right. I don't care, you know, people say, Carmen, it's, uh, it, when I start talking about this stuff, though, they start realizing that it resonates, even if mm-hmm. they don't really understand it. And I tell them, you know, you don't have to believe in all of this and, and, or, and but you can, you've got to believe in energy right? because right. there's energy with everything we we know that by science We're our body's energy, you can, the curly in photography, you can cut a leaf. And that energy mm-hmm. of that leaf is still there. Right. right. It's astrology. But anyway, the, the trans- Let me ask a quick question. Do we have free will if we're if we are so based on the time, the day, the you know, where we're born mm-hmm. and all of that? Do we have free will? I, I, this is what I always tell people every time I get asked this. It's both. Yes. And yes and no. So let me explain. So let me let me talk about the transits and then we'll it, it has to do with free will. Oh, okay. And, and Sorry about that. Yeah. No, 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 no. Perfect. So the transit. So, um, you know, we got your birth chart. And today, say I want to cast, uh, see what's going on with my transit chart. I would calculate a trans. I would calculate a chart based on today, this year, the time and in, in the city state that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And, and I put that chart on top of my birth chart. That's how you can see where the where the planets are in the sky right now, where they're influencing all the 12 areas of my life, my life personally. I can do the same for you and see where all those planets are, are affecting your life. Is it your home and family? Is it career? Is it your marriage? Is it your health? I can see where they're at on your birth chart, where they're messing with things. And like you said, some of them interact with each other. They can block each other. The energies can can enhance each other. We call those aspects. Okay, those are those aspects going on inside the chart between the planets when you're born. Then there's aspects of the transits that are aspecting your birth planets, and and um, you can do this transit chart calculation. You can do it on astro.com. You can go in there and do your birth chart and ask for a transit chart, and it'll show you the transit chart and what what what's being affected and and you can buy reports. There's all kinds of things you can do if you don't. Can understand. you do it forward? So how am I going to be on this day in four years? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can you, do that. Yeah, we do. We do solar return charts, which are uh, we call them birthday charts. So every year on your birthday, where you're physically located, we do a chart to see what that year is going to be like for you. Mm-hmm. And we interpret that. You know, there's all kinds of charts we can do. But the transit, the birth chart and the transit chart are what most beginners need to know. People listening that don't know anything about this because they need to know. That, that would be me. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. I mean, yeah. that's why I do this because I have a passion for teaching this on a basic level. So everyone understands mm-hmm. it and they can and they can be interested in it. Don't right. get lost in the science and the math of it or any of that. I want people to to start. No, when they can learn it, you know, they can understand the basics of it. And, and that's like in, in all my books, you know, sun signs, houses and healing, moon signs, and then phoenixes and angels, you know, it's very basic. I write in a very basic way that anyone can pick up my book and understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's not going to be Which a lot great. of. Which science is great. Which is great. Yeah. Some astrologers, you know, by the time you're done, 
you just went into a deep science class and in the end you have no idea what's going on. No, no. I or what goal, it means. Yeah. My my mission and it's my chart. My mission is to bring this high level knowledge of astrology to the masses on a very basic level, to write about it, to teach and talk about it. So this is mm -hmm. what I'm doing. This is my north node, my soul mission in the third house in Scorpio, talking these deep subjects, but in a in a practical way, basic basically right. and so um what what, what happens if somebody goes against their chart somebody like you know um they feel the need to teach but then they never do well this is where free where that free will question comes in so so uh one of my favorite uh spiritual folk person i used to follow and, and researched a lot and read his books is edgar casey mm -hmm. edgar casey is a 12th and 8th house person he's a phoenix and an angel He's a Pisces with the sun in eighth house and a bunch of other stuff. He fits all the patterns of my research about the eighth and 12th houses and the Phoenixes and angels. He, he, he uh, would sleep on his books and he would remember it. He saw his, I tried that. It never worked. <laughs> I know. Right. He saw, he, he woke up, he saw his, his deceased grandfather. He saw an angel of this angel visitation in the woods. He lost his voice. I think he couldn't talk. For months, he went mute, and then they didn't know what it was when he was a child. There's all these things that happened to him, but he was able, uh, born spiritual. He was a Pisces son, which is a 12th house angel. He always believed in God. He was a preacher, but he he would do these deep readings uh, for people's health. And what happened, he started doing astrological information about astrology started coming out of his readings. And they're like, what? And he didn't even know astrology. And so some of the things he said, he said, astrology is fact, but there's no greater power over man than his own will. So this is the thing. The energy of astrology absolutely affects us. And I know my chart and I know it's true. But I also know, like you said, sometimes we're stubborn and we don't <laughs> we don't flow with the energy of our life or we resist change. We resist the unknown because guess what? It hurts. It's painful and it's scary. Nobody mm -hmm. likes, none of us as human beings like change. We want cozy, comfort, security, and we right. don't want to have to change. But that's, and that's not why, why we would resist then. Yeah. And our soul, yeah. our soul came here to grow and to learn. And you mm -hmm. don't grow and learn without a little bit of heartache and a little bit of suffering, a little bit right. of pain. And nobody changes without pain. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you you have to be uncomfortable to grow. And so as humans, we resist, but it doesn't matter because this is the blessing that God has made astrology. He created the universe. He created astrology. It doesn't matter what we do. We can resist, but the universe will get us to where we need to go, either kicking and screaming or forced. Mm -hmm. so, so, so some things, we have free will and choice, how we react and respond to certain things. I do believe I see uh, it's both in astrology. I'm able to predict and help someone see a pattern, for instance, of uh, maybe they draw unhealthy partners. Maybe mm -hmm. I see a, a Pluto in the seventh house, which it's a red flag for a controlling partner, possible divorce or unhealthy relationship, right? Abuse, abuse. I, you know, that I know what it means, but I don't want to scare people. So I'll say, you know what? Listen, you're 20 years old. I, I recommend don't get married till after you're 30. Make yeah. sure you really know the person well. You know, these are things I do to share to try to prevent 
certain things that I see in someone's birth chart. And but they have the choice to yes. wait to get married before or after. It's just the ramifications of and having gone against yeah. their chart, kind and of. Some, and sometimes it doesn't matter what I say because, like for instance, if someone's node, their south node is in the seventh house, and north node in the first house. I know. All right, tell me again. What is the node? So the node, yeah, the 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 nodes are the south node is our past lives. It's a little upside down horseshoe, and the north node is our soul mission. This lifetime is in our birth chart, and and when I see those, so you only have two nodes. Yeah, yeah, the south and north node. Yeah, and everyone has different nodes depending on what uh what year you're born. Mm-hmm. So it has to do with the year of birth because it's a, a calculation that we astrologers use with the moon. And I won't get into all the detail, but it, it's going to it's it's your it's so important to know where your north node is, what sign it's in, what house and your south node, because we're we're supposed to leave the south node and learn to balance and move towards the north node. But guess what? We're cozy and comfortable in the south node because that's right. what our soul is mastered. So guess what? When I see certain placements like South Node in the seventh, which is the house of marriage and the first house, uh, North Node, or let's say South Node in Libra, North Node Aries. I, I I would say out of a thousand charts, I know that 998 of those people will have a divorce at least once in their life. They will be divorced. Now, These can are- you say to them, don't do it? <laughs> Well, it, 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 it doesn't matter even if I catch them. They're meant to go through it. That's why oh, it's okay. both. It, yeah. Some of it is free will. Some of it, the soul chose to go through those experiences because they have to. They have mm-hmm. to have they have to have growth and learning with marriage and partnership. That's their that's their lesson. So there's some things I know are going to happen to certain people in my chart. There's things in my chart that I've seen play out and I knew they would. And, mm-hmm. and, and I, but when you know your chart and you know, uh, your soul mission and you know your personality, it makes it easier. And then you don't feel like a victim. And this is why mm-hmm. I tell eighth and 12th house people, it's a blessing to have 12th and 8th house planets. It's a blessing because you're here to be spiritual. You're here to help others and use your spiritual abilities to help other people. And that's why you're here. And and then they're like, well, why did I have to go through this? Why? You know, I said, we're not victims. We chose to have a chart the way our chart is. We chose it. Right. And, and even so, yeah. when you're looking at your own chart and you're saying, um, well, I'm going to get a divorce or whatever. That doesn't stop you from marrying the person. <laughs> well, I don't or, those, or I if don't... you marry the person, can you change the divorce part? <laughs> well, mo- mo- most of the people, well, most of the people that I know aren't astrologers, so they don't know any of this. Mm-hmm. So they just, they just live but their life. But if you're looking and- at your chart, you know. Oh, if, if I would have had those nodes, I wouldn't, I would have probably did preventative things. Yeah. I don't have yeah. those nodes though. So yeah. my, yeah. my nodes, my node, I knew what my nodes are and my mm-hmm. nodes, um, I, my nodes are all about being the phoenix and and changing and growing and letting the past go. That's my biggest lesson. That has been my biggest lesson in life is letting people go, letting the past go, moving forward, like truly forgiving and and letting things go. Like and, not and yeah. so you're in the 12th house. Well, first well, of all, can you be both 8th and 12th? Can yeah. you be an angel and a phoenix? 
I have many, I'm an angel in a Phoenix, many people, my groups, I have a 12th house and eighth house group on Facebook. They have planets in both houses, a lot of planets. Mm -hmm. They're both. Some people just have a lot of 12th house. Some people have a lot of eighth. Some people right. don't have any eighth or 12th, but guess what? They got a stellium in Pisces. They got a stellium of planets in Scorpio. So they feel like an eighth house or they feel like a Phoenix and mm -hmm. they feel like an angel. So I include them in my research as well. Because they, it's okay. an inner, they have the same energy, like having mm -hmm. planets in those houses, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, the 12th house being like the ending house, does that mean that when you come into life, you go to the first house, then the second house, and the third house? Do you do it that way and around to the 12th house? So it's, it's methodical, I guess. Um, like, are you asking, like, do we live through each house? Yeah, every yeah every every time you're born into life, is it the next house? So the first, your first mm -hmm. life is in the first house. Your second life is in the second house. No, no, okay, not no, that easy, not, huh? <laughs> no, no, it's not like that. But there are theories, like Edgar Casey believed that we have what's called planetary sojourns. What that means, there's a whole book about it he, that that they, he wrote from the records that that our souls have lived on other planets, mm -hmm. our energies, and so right. Uranus energy. Somebody can be a Uranian or a Neptunian because they and I that is so complex to me. I, I've read the books, but I, I'm not like an expert in it. But um, there's there's a lot of theories out there, but mm -hmm. um, but I be, but no the chart is the unique timing it's timing it's the energy it's the lessons that your soul chose your parents you chose to come in at a certain time that was meant for you that's why people ask me a lot well what if you know like my daughter she was born a whole month early yeah and i i knew she was going to be early because i knew she wasn't going to be a libra i knew she was not going to be a libra i knew she was going to be a virgo and i had emergency c-section a month early and and and, and how she did is. you know how did you know? Was it an in intuition? intuition. Or, yeah. yeah. I just knew she's yeah. going to be a Virgo like me and my husband. I just knew because mm -hmm. we're both born the same day. And she was born so the what? day before we were born. Missed it yeah, by one yeah, hour. Yeah. And, Does uh, that make for a good household or a, a crazy oh, household? Oh, yeah. No, we're, okay. well, we, we butt heads a little bit because we're a lot alike. You know, we're both we're all mm -hmm. perfectionists. And that's what I was wondering. Way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're like, wait, wait a minute. I want this, my, you know, this a certain way. No, right. she, everybody's stubborn yeah. and dug in. Yeah. 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 But, right. um, but it's, tell it's me about Mercury retrograde. Everybody talks about, oh my God, it's Mercury retrograde. But yeah. what is that? And, and what does it do to us? Well, the, the thing is this. So we the only planet... have about a minute and a half. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Mer Mercury retrograde. Uh, Mercury is the plan of communication. It's a, one of the closest planets to the Earth, so it it's a personal planet. So it affects everyone on Earth's communication. It affects technology, travel, so computers, email, miscommunication, how you're perceiving what someone says. But All not of that machines, is, but not machines, because a lot of people say the car didn't start well, it's Mercury retrograde. So that doesn't have anything oh no, to oh do no. with that. Oh, it, no, it affects anything mechanical, anything oh, that does. is... Yeah. yeah, anything like that. Cars, cars break down. Uh, the oil light comes on. You know, uh, your your email never got got sent, but the person never got it, or you mm -hmm. missed a fun, important voice message, or the voicemail wasn't working, or you didn't get paid. 
like you've been getting paid and all of a sudden there's a computer glitch, you know, stuff like that. And also things from the past come back to haunt us during Mercury retrograde because it's a time to uh, deal with past issues and to fix them. It's not a time to start anything new. You don't ever want to sign a, a, a agreement during Mercury retrograde that's something new. Don't buy a house. Don't buy a car. Wait. Unless it's something you have been planning for a long time, then sometimes during Mercury retrograde, it all plays out. Like that job you've been looking for, you get a job offer. Mm. You know, so, and you'll see this every Mercury retrograde cycle because it happens three or four times a year. We I go was going to say, it's a lot. Yeah. It, and it's a big, it, it really yeah. is an energy that affects everyone. And that is one thing, even my coworkers believe me about this. They're like, Carmen, Mercury is retrograde. I'm like, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And they're like, wait a minute. We, I had an issue this past retrograde in August because Mercury just went, uh, it's still in the shadow right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it went direct on the 15th of September, but it's still in, it's still messing with us till 30 September. Um, it's not really out of the woods. We call it the shadow period. Um, it's still, the energy still not, it's still affecting our communication. And I laugh because this, an issue that I was dealing with, with work last retrograde cycle came back again. And, and it's something that's been upsetting and I'm writing an email and, and it's miscommunicated and we're battling back and forth. And I laughed. I'm like, this is the same thing I was dealing with last time. And, and it was miscommunication was the number yeah, one reason. Yeah. Miscommunication. Maybe we shouldn't be having the conversation right now. <laughs> No, we're good because we're out. Yeah, of, we already we had it planned. We've gone and, through and, it. Yeah, and we're we already had a plan to talk, so we're good. <laughs> good, good. So, uh, Carmen, where can everybody get hold of you, and what do you have yeah. coming up? Yeah, um, you can find me on my website, Carmen Turner Shot S C H O T T dot com. You can find me on my YouTube channel, Carmen Turner Shot. You can find me on Facebook, Carmen Turner Shot Author Writer. Instagram, Carmen Turner Shot Author. Um, yeah, I would love you to go to my website. You can sign up to get a free birth wheel from me and, and, and sign up for my newsletter and get updates of my new books and different classes. I'm teaching some classes coming up. I have an astrology 101 class coming up in October. Um, if you're interested, it'll be on zoom. October, 2023, because me, you know, we might be out there next January too. Yeah. Yeah. October, 2023. Yeah. Okay. Great. That's perfect. Thanks yeah. so much for being on the show. I've really Thank enjoyed you. it. And, and it does clarify a lot for me. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, I would love for everyone to grab my new book, Phoenixes and Angels. Um, and that's out right houses. now or that's coming out? It's out. out. Yeah. Great. Yeah, it's out. Everybody go get it. <laughs> yeah. Amazon.com. You can find all my books. Thank you. Okay. And we have a, we'll have a link to it on my website as well, aviewthroughtheveil.com. Okay. Thanks, Thank Carmen. I loved it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.